find our gang of adventurers on the road, traveling in their trusty Clue Cruiser. The gang has been working together to solve mysteries for many years, and while you guys have experienced with some fantastical encounters, more often than not, your mysteries are solved with simple answers. Even in fantasy realms, real estate is much cheaper when you manage to scare everyone away from it. Recently, you received an invitation from the family of a former client of yours from years ago, one Aldrin Beauregard. Aldrin was a wealthy vineyard owner who was nearly driven off his lucrative land until Mystery LLC discovered that the real culprit behind his haunting was not ghosts, but a rival winemaker. Sadly, the note you received from Aldrin's family was not celebratory, but one announcing his demise and extended an invitation to you as part of the will reading at the Beauregard Mansion. So, as you travel in the Clue Cruiser, let's meet the members of Mystery LLC. Who wants to begin? Who wants to lead us off and introduce their little character? As the driver of the Clue Cruiser, I feel <laughs> I feel like I should go first. Hi, my name is Tyler Doobie, but today I'm playing Sir Frederick, a half-orc paladin. His eyes are heroic, his skin is green, and his hair is hilariously blonde. Fred is a trapper. He's been trapping since he was an infant. Uh, he could even trap his parents by age six. So that's, that's about all. Loves traps and treasure. So Fred is currently driving the Clue Cruiser. How's that look? He looks so casual, but he is so deep in his mind thinking about uh, trap number 53. I need to hear more about the ascot. Oh, yes. We're both wearing ascots. Both character and player. Both character and player. It's, yeah. tr it's truly so fashionable. Sir Freddie and I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Who's next? Who Who's in the passenger seat? You are. Oh, well, then I guess it's me. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Camille Leonard. I'm playing Daphne Blake, level five warlock tiefling. Chaotic good because could I play anything other than a chaotic character? <laughs> I think most of you guys are chaotic, to be fair. Not I. Not you. We'll get to you. <laughs> Our dearest Daphne is of purple skin, gorgeous, illustrious, with the most flowing, voluminous hair. Her eyes alight with righteous flame. Daphne is quite excited to uh, find the real monsters because they're there. It's amazing. So what's Daph doing on the ride up? Daph is definitely checking herself out in the mirror. You know, got to make sure everything is in place. And, uh, she, you know, she took a little bit of extra time this morning on her horns. So they're mm -hmm, looking mm -hmm. pristine condition. Daphne, otherwise, is probably critiquing Fred's driving as it is too erratic. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Hey, I'll go next. My Hi, my name is Ethan Edgehill. Uh, you may know me as the character of Ben Allen Roth from Late to the Party, the hit Dungeons and Dragons podcast that you're listening to. Uh, but currently today, I am not playing... <laughs> Uh, ben Allen Roth. <laughs> I am playing the character of Velma Dinkley, the bespectacled, pasty-skinned, red-tinged-haired detective of Mystery LLC. I am a, a, a level five halfling rogue. Neutral good alignment, not chaotic. Allegedly. I don't know how to work a alignment scale, though, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. You know, to be fair, I feel like that kind of tracks for uh, Velma. I was about to say Daphne, but that's not who you are. Let's see. So what are you doing? Uh, Velma would be reading up on a little bit of local history of the area and probably just shouting out random uh, tidbits every now and then. You know how it goes. It's amazing. It's adorable. I am adorable. You're exactly right. I'm I'm taking a little bit of Scott arrogance in my in my approach today just to see how it goes for me. <laughs> are you wearing your short shorts? 
It's not arrogance if it's true, though. I feel like Velma would wear a skort. <laughs> Excellent. All right. We've got two more characters. I'll go, because I feel like we should we should save our, our pride and joy for last. So I'm Scott Nicewander, uh, and I'm playing the character of Shaggy. All the names are spelled in funny ways to avoid copyright things. Um, uh, Shaggy is a... He's a level five monk human... Uh, chaotic good as well. His eyes are darting. His skin is shaking. And his hair is messy. <laughs> and he's a, he's a monk of the, the way of the coward. So he's very, he runs away. He's fast. He's acrobatic. He just, he loves his good old pal, his good old pal Scoob. And so last, but surely not least. Hello, my name is Jordan Balky, and I am playing the character of Scooby. Uh, Scooby is a, a Noel bard, also chaotic good, and his eyes are a glowing yellow. His skin is furry, and his hair, all over, is spotted brown. And I would describe him as looking like a terrifying hyena with <laughs> just an absolute cartoonish spot pattern all over him. Uh, and Scooby uh, met the rest of the Mystery LLC team uh, when he was a young pup and he was raised with the group and formed a, a really special bond with his buddy Shaggy and they became best buddies. Uh, now, I never fully learned how to speak common correctly, so I'm going to have a, a little bit of of a, a speech issue and so I, I believe I'm going with a wooby wooby woo <laughs> for that <laughs> which will be very fun for which will be very end. fun and also as a bard character it means that one of Scooby's favorite pastimes of course his most favorite pastime is eating but his second most favorite pastime is serenading all of you with his uh, a, -woo -woo! a beautiful howl that's fabulous ah uh. And then for those of you who don't know me, my name is Emily Pilot, friend of the podcast, uh, Scott Nicewander's girlfriend, and I am your happy DM this evening, as whenever you're listening to it. I'm pretending it's evening. It's morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, well, uh, it's perpetually evening in the world of Scooby-Doo. This is true. Yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> if you're listening to this in the morning, stop. Come back stop tonight. Stop it. What are you doing? Get some spooks and scares at nighttime. Set this some is night of out. fright, not morning yeah. of fright. Mm -hmm. That is. And yeah, this module is called Night of Fright. It was not written by me. This is one that was uh, shared on the DMs Guild. Uh, Steven uh, Pankatai, uh, I'm probably not saying that correctly, but is the wonderful writer and designer of this module. And several other people uh, did some wonderful work uh, designing it. So I highly recommend if you enjoy how we're playing this, that you try and look it up if you're a DM or an interested player and find it yourself. It's a great, fun time. It was a lot of fun planning it. Also, so. if you don't enjoy how we're playing this, uh, look it up and play it better than us and prove us wrong. Yeah, yeah honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, a uh, very important is question. M, is it uh, Stephen with a PH or Stephen with a V? With a V. It's a Perfect. V. Just getting out ahead of our listeners' questions. That's, that's yeah. I'm the audience surrogate <laughs> People here. That's People will my know job. that. That's fair enough. All right. So let us continue. As you arrive at the Beauregard Mansion in your rickety green wagon, you find yourselves disappointed. The Beauregard Mansion is not as beautiful as you'd imagined. It looks like it was once a beautiful home, but those days are long behind it. The windows are broken, the overhang above the porch sags in a disturbing frown. Before you, the front door slowly opens with an ominous creak, 
a middle-aged man with salt and pepper hair and modest professional clothes, waves you into the house. Hello, my name is Creepsley. You must be Mystery LLC. Well, hi there, Creepsley. I'm Fred. Good evening. He gives you sort of like a curt uh, handshake. He seems like a little bit too professional almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Creepsley, once you guys all sort of pile out of the clue cruiser, uh, leads you in to the uh, mansion. He takes you past a couple rooms and sort of leads you into what you'd probably call like the sitting room. Seems to be a pretty large room inside the mansion. There's a large lit fireplace that sort of takes over the whole western wall Uh, but the chimney doesn't seem to be completely clear so it's a really foggy kind of hazy space in there right now Uh, above the fireplace you can see a large portrait of who you remember to be uh, Aldrin Beauregard in it he seems to be uh, you know middle-aged successful obviously a wealthy winemaker that's about what you remember from when you met him he's sort of in the portrait sitting holding a glass and a bottle of wine and smiling. In the center of the room, uh, there's two couches uh, sitting around a low table and sort of like all the furniture that you've sort of seen as you've sort of quickly gone through this mansion. Uh, It's old and worn. The couches are sagging and they're currently occupied by uh, three other guests. So there's also an empty table that seems sturdy that's sort of in a corner and there's a modest wine rack there with a few bottles of Beauregard wine. The room on the whole just sort of smells musty and of old tobacco smoke. And sort of creepsly sort of ushers you in and says, there are several other family members here from the Beauregard family. There is great nephew, Buford Beauregard. There is third cousin, Persephone Beauregard. And there is niece-in-law, once removed, Spinel Beauregard. And he sort of points each out to you. Beauregard uh, seems to be sort of like a... Um, almost like a male model. He's quite pretty. He's got some like high cut cheekbones and some dark flowing hair. And he just seems sort of a little bit too vain. He's not really paying attention to you. He's paying attention to his grooming right now. Persephone seems a little bit nervous. She's got some curly red hair and just sort of seems to be twiddling her thumbs a whole lot. She seems like she doesn't really enjoy being here. And Spinel is uh, tall, freckled, and just sort of seems, uh, you know, fairly positive and sort of bopping around on the seat as she's taking a seat and just sort of waves at you as you guys sort of come in. So she seems a bit more engaging. <laughs> so Aldrin's wife is not present? No, there is. A, Aldrin, uh, as far as you guys know, was never married and has no children. So this is all just distant family. This is distant family. You, at least when you engaged with him, he never mentioned a wife or children. And so. we were uh, invited because we were bequeathed something, not because like one of us is related. Yeah, you guys are not related uh, because you had aided him in the defense of his vineyard. You assume that's why you're included in some kind of will reading uh, portion here. But there's uh, been no indication that you guys are related in any way. None of you recall, you know, hearing about a great uncle Beauregard or anything like that. Okay. So what was the niece's name again? Uh, The niece-in-law once removed is Spinel, S-P-I-N-E-L. So if she's in-law, doesn't that mean he was married? Uh, she, She could have been married to a relative of his. Like his brother's child's wife. Yeah. I don't know how the once removed works, but I don't know that it. (laughs) <laughs> it ultimately doesn't these are these are people that aren't like yeah considerably they must be close to him somehow but you're not quite yeah. clear why I, i'm getting that it's mostly just to, to point out that he has no immediate family. right these are yeah. the people that just, they could drag up were these are the yeah. closest and they are distant yeah. yeah okay so daphne's gonna walk in and thank the man who has let them in and then mm-hmm. walk over to spinel 
because she seems the most charismatic of the group and just oh, sure. introduce herself and say, hi, I'm Daphne. And um, I'm so sorry to hear about your, um, is it un- uncle of some kind? You know, I'm actually not quite sure myself, but, you know, happy to be here, happy to be a family representative. And she just sort of seems, you know, a little clueless. <laughs> Excellent. I, I know that Scooby took note of the wine because where there's wine, there's grapes and where there's mm-hmm. grapes, there's snacks. Correct. Can I can I do a little investigation check specifically for snacks? Uh, yeah, you can uh, sniff around a little bit, do a little uh, investigation, see, see if you notice anything. Investigation is an intelligence and I'm not smart. Nope. Um, I'm going to get a 14. 14. You can smell that there's food somewhere here, like in the mansion on the whole, but you don't really know discernibly like which room or which direction. Just there's food somewhere. Waggy. Snacks. Like I hear you, Scoob. We got to find him. Uh, I would like to actually talk to uh, or just like meet uh, old man Creepsley and, ju- and just kind of say like, so uh, Creepsley, that's kind of a spooky name. You ever consider changing it? It works for my law practice. And he's like going through like several files. Like he's got like a big old stack that he's reading through. And he doesn't really seem that interested in your interest. (laughs) As long as we're all just doing stuff, I'm going to, Velma's got to follow on her sort of instincts. You know, not, not, Mm -hmm. this isn't necessarily like a case, but just like, I think she's going to go check out the portrait just to make sure everything's on the up and up with this portrait. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, what do you want to do? Like, check it? I'm checking or? to make sure that it is, like, you know, flush with the wall and is not a secret door and does not have the eyes cut out and, you know. I say the eyes I aren't th- moving. We, we've been as, at this a yeah, long time. I, th- I think as Velma starts to actually, like, physically touch the portrait, like, as she's just sort of reaching out towards it, Creepsley sort of steps and intervenes and says, that won't be necessary at this point. We need to get on with the will reading and sort of ushers you oh, towards a okay, chair. By, by all means, let's go on with it then. Daphne's gonna pop in and say, "Aren't aren't there more family we're waiting for?" This would be everyone. Oh, Creepsley moves to the head of the room and sort of gathers everyone's attention as he sort of shoes Velma away from the portrait and says, "As you are all undoubtedly aware, Mister Beauregard was a rather successful businessman, and he has called you all here to receive a share." Of his fortune. Mr. Beauregard is prepared to leave an equal share of one million gold pieces to anyone who can survive an entire night in this mansion, which he claims to be haunted. Your time begins now, Beauregards, Mystery LLC. I wish you a pleasant night. I will be outside to ensure that nobody leaves the premise. I will return in the morning to collect anyone left. <laughs> He sort of laughs in this like strange way at that and heads to the door. And not a moment after it shuts, a wind strongly blows into the room, putting out any candles and the flames in the fire and shrouding you in darkness. You hear the quivering voice of third cousin Persephone in the dark moving out of the room towards the front door. Now, now I'm not saying I'm leaving, but uh, maybe Mr. Creepsley has uh, some more matches. Hey, the door's stuck. I can't get it open. An eerie green glow begins to fill the room and smoke floods the area and you see a figure step forward, a gaunt but recognizable from his portrait above the fireplace individual. It is Aldrin 
Beauregard. Well, hi, Mr. Beauregard. (laughs) The ghost speaks. How dare you trespass in my mansion? You are all unworthy of my fortune. Leave. Flee this place or it will be your tomb. With another flash of smoke, the figure vanishes. And indeed, the door is sealed, as are all of the exits to the mansion. If some windows, even though they're broken, they won't even lift up. And if you were to sort of press out a hand, as you can sort of see one of the cousins do, it immediately ricochets right back in, even through the broken glass. So there seems to be some kind of powerful sealing magic that has been cast over the mansion, locking yeah, you- a really good trap. Locking you in place. <laughs> Like, zonks! That's my catchphrase. Scooby is quaking with fear. 100% Shaggy is doing that thing where Shaggy jumps into Scooby's arms and, like, Scooby, like, cradles him. (laughs) Yeah, Velma knows full well that that wasn't a ghost. Um, There was smoke. Ghosts don't smoke. Ghosts don't smoke. Everyone knows this. (laughs) Ghosts don't vape. Everyone knows. Ghosts don't smoke. Mm -hmm. All right. Daphne is completely surprised, just cannot believe that a ghost appeared in front of them and and goes to just look at the area where the ghost was standing. Mm -hmm. Sure, that's fine. You can give it a little uh, check and see if you can notice anything. Is this an investigation perception? Yeah, I'd say it's an investigation check. Okay, that'll be a 14. Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing really there discernible that sort of indicates that a ghost was or wasn't there, which sort of makes it all the more mysterious. Uh, Fred's gonna walk up and be like, oh, don't worry, Daph. It was just a projection. We're, we're fine. Like, I don't know, man. That ghost seemed pretty real to me. Yeah, you absolutely can check the portrait. Investigate that with my investigation skill, which is very investigative. That is a crit 20. <laughs> nice, oh, nice, nice. Goodness. Incredible. That's a 26 total. That's fabulous. Uh, yeah, it's a large portrait of Aldrin. It's, as I described it earlier, he's middle-aged, successful, and seems quite happy. There's no hinges? <laughs> no hinges that you can see discernibly. I'm trying to see if there's anything that I'm uh, forgetting as far as <laughs> qualities of this portrait. Um, Yeah, it's just sort of a friendly portrait. If you remove it off the wall, it's just as it is. Nothing particularly special about it. Are there bookcases in this room or anything? I'm looking for a way out. No bookcases. There is a fireplace that's uh, as the wind sort of rushed in, set out the fire. Uh, So you can, uh, there's no embers or anything. It's completely cold now. Um, So you can check that out if you want. There's also a, yeah, some wine uh, on a, it's sort of like casks of wine on a table. Is there anything like on the mantle of this fireplace? Uh, You can investigate it and just sort of check out and just check the fireplace. Um, That's a 17 plus six. Sure. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. So you'll sort of notice as you're sort of feeling around along the fireplace that there's an unburnt uh, slip of paper that's been wedged between the bricks in the fireplace. Uh, and as you sort of move it, uh, remove it, there's some writing on there that I will read to yeah, you. Yeah, I'm going to pick the piece of paper up and I'm going to read out loud and my voice is going to sound different. Uh, I begin this journal as I fear I may be going mad. Spectral figures have pursued me throughout the winery and vineyard, but no one else ever sees them. The clerics I've consulted detect no evil, no magic, yet I know what I have seen. Their advances are getting more aggressive, and they tell me that I must leave the winery behind. My life's work. One of the clerics suggested that perhaps it is my own stress. My dedication that has brought on these visions. What a cruel joke that would be. So that's a little slip of paper that you found uh, within the bricks uh, reads. And actually, Daph, um, I was incorrect when I said that you didn't see anything earlier. You sort of see almost like sooty footprints, almost like some uh, smudges on the floor. Just black powder, just sooty black powder. So it could it could be from the fireplace, but it could be uh, from something else. 
Okay. Did everybody else see that when I went to go look over at the area? Or? I think you calling attention to it and just sort of checking it out probably gives that information to everyone else. Hey, uh, gang, there's uh, some black dirt, soot, I don't know, maybe footprints here on the floor where the ghost was. Can Scooby like sniff around the footprints and see if I, I smell anything or like are the footprints like shoe prints, like human feet, like animal yeah. feet. I would say since you guys are all a group, um, whoever uh, has like any kind of proficiency in investigation can give it a look and see if you can gain a little bit more information. Is anyone proficient? Yeah, okay. I figured it would be Velma. <laughs> oh, that's a crit fail. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, nobody else is proficient. We don't get. Uh, uh, I am, I, I think. You're proficient as well. So uh, roll with advantage then. Okay. Much better. That's another crit 20. Oh, wow. Nice. This we'll die. leave it at that. The despair. So, I bought this set of dice specifically, this set of dice specifically for this campaign, this one shot campaign today. <laughs> so fun. apparently I have the dice gods both on my side and not on my side. And against you. They're fickle. So it's a nat 20 for you then? Fabulous. All right. So you whip out your little magnifying glass and are checking it out, uh, investigating, see what's going on. And you pretty easily, you're like, okay, amateur hour here. This is clearly some residue from a smoke bomb. As I thought, ghosts don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like somebody may have been out to get old man Beauregard. I don't remember his first name. Aldrich? Aldrin. Aldrin. Yeah. Aldrin. Aldrin. So as you're sort of uh, investigating and sort of like laughing a little cockily about this uh, sort of situation, you sort of notice that the fireplace seems to be billowing up with some smoke. It's almost holding more than it should, which is strange because you just saw it go out like rather quickly and um, sort of releasing this big dull haze throughout the sitting room. You know, it's um, there's not much evidence that anything in this house has been properly maintained. So maybe there's something that got stuck in the flu. Who knows? Still, if you're to sort of poke through the ashes and see, there's suddenly like a little plip on the back of your neck, uh, like a singed raindrop. As um, Who wants to get close? Does anyone want to get close I, to the fireplace? I would like to be the one that pokes it. I specifically okay. <laughs> would like to find something to hide behind. Are there any there's statues shaggy. or there's tables <laughs> or things behind there's, which I can be? There's the sagging couches and a small low table and sort of a higher table with the uh, casks of wine. But Fred, you're the one who's sort of investigating this fireplace at this time. Mm -hmm. It's cool. So as you're sort of sifting through the ashes and trying to figure out what's going on as more smoke seems to be billowing out, uh, there's a small little plip on the back of your neck, almost like a single raindrop. And as you reach up, you sort of feel that this uh, raindrop slides down your back. And then there's another drop and more. And it's all coming out quickly. And it's pouring over your shoulders and your hands. And you pull back and you sort of look at your hands. And there are spiders. There are dozens of them. And they're all scurrying around you and all over your armor as they as they have had their nest disturbed by the smoke. Uh, Fred is going to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> pouring oh, out no. of the fireplace. Oh, and no. Scream. Hey, Fred, I'm going to need to have you uh, do a wisdom saving throw right now. Oh, God. Incredible. It's a... It's a one. It's oh, no. Oh. All right. So, uh, Sir Frederick, for the remainder of this entire module, you're going to have a phobia of small, dark spaces. I can do that. So, if there's... Do you shout that there are spiders? Yeah. I Ooh, think we can see it. There. I think it's I, actually, I don't think he's going to be able to get out the spiders. He's just going to go... Are these... So, so we can see that Fred is covered in spiders, or... Yeah, they're very visibly apparent. They're okay. just crawling over him. They're small. They're disturbing. And it's, it's not just like gross. an illusion. It's, it's like they're actual... actual they're actual, yeah, they're normal. normal. Okay. They're real. They're normal spiders. This is just an old-ass house that, like... Uh, Daphne is going to see the spiders and run into the other room. She's not doing it. <laughs> 
Which That's direction weird because I feel like the only person that would do anything about this is Daphne. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> nope, she's noping out. If I'm reading the map correctly, there's two directions. I can either go back towards the front door or I can run into the rectangular room north of the room we're in. The doors are locked, right? Yeah. You- Everything within the mansion is accessible within reason. Uh, oh. The door is exterior the to the mansion. The front door is locked. Okay. The front okay. door is locked. Any window is locked. Any, even a broken thing. Okay. Yeah. No. Then I'm going to run down into the turret room. The turret room. Okay. Cool. Um, is there like a blanket on one of these couches or anything? Something, something that like is malleable. Some sort of like. There's probably like a threadbare rug on the floor. I'd imagine. Okay, I'm gonna grab the rug, and uh, start beating Fred with it. <laughs> like just Excellent. like just like fanning him. Fred takes two d4 of damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I beat the living <laughs> out of Fred with the rug. He dies. Fred needs to take we psychic damage. Fred- yeah. Fred dies. He there's, haunts us now. Fred's yeah. just, they're small spiders. It's just a disturbing situation. With Velma's aid, you're able to knock all the spiders off and they sort of scurry away back to their little hidey hole that they came from. So it's not a worry. Fred is clear, just a little upset. A little shook. Just a little shook up. So, uh, Dad. Th- thanks, Velma. You're currently in what I would describe as a tea room. It's sort of a small nook. It seems to be used for like uh, meetings, maybe even some kind of like a tea time. Uh, Sort of the eastern and southern walls are windows that uh, look like they could have been some beautiful stained glass patterns, but now they're in various states of disarray and disrepair. There's cracks. There's just windows that are shattered. They're dusty and gross. There's cobwebs everywhere. There is, uh, as you sort of enter this room, you notice there's a small table with two chairs that sit directly opposite one another. Uh, The table is covered with an old tablecloth and a few fragile doilies. The chairs seem sturdy and intact, uh, but the cushions are fraying and just kind of moldy. There are also There's also a broken cabinet that holds uh, what must have been some fine china, but they just look gross and unwashed. Okay, Daphne is going to regain her composure and go back to the doorway and look in on the gang and be like, is Fred okay? Uh, Fred with the carpet just like wrapped around him like a safety blanket, just nods. It's like a, it's like a extra big ascot. Yes. Yeah, it's like a wraparound. It's a wraparound ascot. Yeah, full body I'm ascot. Trapped. Yeah, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Question: um, w- While we're playing Smack the Spider and and having tea, <laughs> what are the other like guests doing? Because yeah, during we- this entire time, they've had almost zero interest in you and have been uh, talking amongst each other. They have been sort of like slowly moving about the first floor and you can sort of hear their voices off and be like, you know, I could have sworn there was, isn't there a dining room around here somewhere? And they're trying to like orient themselves. dining room? <laughs> I will help you find that. Who says we that? Which, which member says that? Uh, I would imagine probably, I was about to say Beauregard, but that's their last name. Um, what are their names? Uh, probably Persephone says that. Persephone, awesome. Like we can help you find the dining room. So yeah, so they're they're all sort of uh, grouped up a little bit distance from one another. They don't they don't seem relatively close, both relatively or uh, cordially with one another. But they don't seem interested in working with you guys. That's for sure. I mean, does that mean that they're going to decline Shaggy's offer to, to help them find the yeah, dining room or the we're kitchen? Gonna- I have, I'm going to find the dining room regardless. Someone mentioned dining room. My, my fear of all the ghosts and spiders has sank a little bit as I'm like, food. <laughs> food. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so you can sort of see there. 
down the hall and sort of like tapping on walls and trying to orient themselves. They don't seem any more familiar with this space than you do, but I think they're trying to act a bit more confident about it. Gotcha. They're like almost like they've for sure not been here, but they're like, there's gotta be a dining room. Or if they've been here, it was in a time when this place was much nicer kept than it is currently. And so it's a bit, it's, it's unclear which is true. If they've, if they're so distant that they've never been here, or if they've, if they're pretending that they know what's going on. Okay. Okay. Uh, You said they're not very interested in us, which is weird to me because we are also here and could win a million, but we're not even related. Right. I think at this point they're just trying to self preserve. Okay. (laughs) And it is, is it a million each? person or creature who it stays overnight or is it a million a, split between everyone it was a million each so in, okay. in theory from what you guys knew from when you worked with him previously this is a very wealthy individual and this is someone who could have millions gotcha. uh, so in theory all of you guys could walk away with millions so they don't have a particular motivation to have us not be here so they get more money they're just self-preserving and not really team oriented like you guys are well i'm food oriented you're food so oriented so i would like to try and find the dining room and we don't have to go to it right now we can we can cut away and then come back to that so does that is anyone i've described the tea room that daphne is sort of standing in the doorway of if anyone wants to continue to explore that cool then um yeah i'm gonna accompany velma i mean daphne into the uh tea room Cool. And I'd like to follow. Uh, and Shag and Scoob are splitting up, following their tummies, but we will double back with them in just a minute. Sounds good. Cool. All right. So you guys are in the tea room. Like, So yeah, there's um, some saggy, gross, moldy chairs. They seem sturdy enough. There are uh, is this low table covered in like old doilies. Uh, there's a cabinet with gross china. And there's um, stained glass windows that are covering all the windows, but they're broken, cracked, and uh, also gross. So Daphne is going to walk over to the china cabinet and investigate the china cabinet. Just sort of looking through it, picking stuff up. Want to give me a roll for that? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I rolled a one. Rolled oh, a my one. gosh. Why? What is Why? happening? Why are we cursed? Co- Maybe this house is haunted. As you like go to open the uh, china cabinet, there's like a cockroach that leaps from like one of the saucers and like climbs up your arm and onto your neck. Oh, girl, no, no, no. Daphne screams bloody murder, and I'm going to not scream bloody murder on Mike because that is just unnecessary. But That's fair. That's fair. Yes. She is going to wildly flail her, her arms, scream at Velma, crash into the china cabinet, just like have a meltdown. Fred will take the rug he was just beat with and start beating uh, Daphne with it. <laughs> Fabulous. So this is a security this is, rug. This yeah. is still within the tea room, to be clear. Are you guys yeah. outside of it now? Okay. So as sort of the dust settles from that gross, icky encounter, you know, um, and you resume your investigation as normal. Wait, 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 wait. Can we have Fred ask me what happened? And I very dramatically explain it was a cockroach. Daph, what's going on? (laughs) Fred, Fred, it was, it was, it was, I, I, there was a bug and it it touched me and crawled on my arm. And I, I, I I can't eat. (laughs) One bug? Yeah. What do you mean? One bug. Did you not see me get covered in spiders? I did. I ran out of there. I saw one, and I know I did it. Velma legitimately has not noticed this is happening, and is no. Velma's, Velma's, Velma's super oriented, and anything she's going to be the first person to sort of notice this. The room, even though Daff seems quite upset and making quite a ruckus about it, the room a silence falls over it, 
And as you sort of shift your foot, you don't hear any sound or creak beneath you. And you glance down and see yourself standing in a pool of darkness, not coming from any light sourced around you. And you reach down to investigate, but the shadow pulls away, rearing up with an inky black claw. It is a living shadow. And I need everyone who's currently in this room, that would be Daph, Velma, and Fred, to roll me some initiative. Oh, God. Man, uh, hot rolls. Glad we uh, got out of that one, Scoob. That's a sec- dirty twenty. Sexy, sexy nine for me. Yeah. Sexy nine. Uh, and a spicy eighteen for me. Ooh. Old Vilma, keeping with the perceptiveness, has rolled a um, a dirty twenty. And Daff, you said you were nine. Yeah, I was nine. I need you guys to throw a wisdom saving throw before anyone is even able to attack. Ooh. Cool. I'm freaking Jeez. wise. Uh, it'd be five for Daphne. It's a five. It's a six for Fred. Mm, we got uh, <laughs> Dad six needs Fred a bunch plus, of dummies. Six plus three. The good news <laughs> is the DC was two. So you all pass. It's very incorrect, Scott. Yeah, you I got a nine. <laughs> Funny feeling we all fail. You guys are all going to take six psychic damage. Ah! Uh, right off the top. This is this is spooky. This is scary. What the heck is going on? And first up in our initiative roll is Velma. Velma, what would you like to do? There are two shadow monsters looming before you. I'm facing a shadow monster. It's just like like a level, just like a like a like a ankle deep level of shadow around the ground. Like what is Yeah, it seems like there's just from the two monsters, the two sort of shadow monsters that are in front of you, uh, an inky blackness sort of oozes out from beneath them, uh, and a quiet falls over the room is about sort of the impact that they've made on this space. You can see your feet, but beneath them, you don't really see the floorboards, you just see blackness. So I, I think, you know, obviously, like, I, I, my character would not know that we just rolled initiative. I think sure. that I'm going to try to stomp on the shadow. Stomp on the shadow. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, I don't do shit. Um, <laughs> well, give that, me your number, just make sure. Oh, it's a three. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Three plus, <laughs> I, three plus whatever, three minus one. <laughs> what, what, what? Oh, no. Two. Sorry, I made it worse. So you just sort of like hit the, hit the ground. Nothing seems to happen. Um, and is so I, I, it, it, my, my foot goes through it into the ground. Yeah, you just okay. you press against that, wood. That tells me enough. Sure. I'm going to try. So I'm a rogue. I'm going to try to take a hide action. Sure. I'm going to try to hop onto the table. Cool. Okay. So you're going to hop onto the table and take a hide action. And, and just in case my fellow compatriots haven't noticed, I'm just going to go. There's a sh- shadow monster thing. I can't hit it with my feet. And that's the turn? That's my turn, yeah. So I'm hiding on a table. All right, Sir Frederick, you're up next. So Fred just heard this warning. Mm-hmm. Gonna have his sword. I'm, I'm just gonna take a, a slash at one with my long sword. At one? See All right. Let's see if you hit. 21. Oh, that absolutely smacks. Great, great, great. 1d8 plus 3, 4. Damage is damage. So Fred rears up with his sword and slashes at one of the shadows. Uh, just, it doesn't seem to really make any kind of contact, not physically anyway. And so it's just really frustrating because you're wanting to just sort of eviscerate this. You want to be brave, but you're- And I'm going to say, Daph, look out. With that, it's Daphne's turn. As a cantrip, she's going to cast Mage Hand and like- poke and try to like hit the shadow things which specific oh both shadows or Wh- which whatever is closest shadow? to her uh you're gonna do a uh a mage hand strike on one of the shadows you want to give me a roll to see if it hits uh what do i add to that unarmed strike get it because it doesn't have any arms 
because it's a hand. Oh my God. Mage hand cannot do damage. Yeah, it can't attack. And I, I didn't really right. mean it as an attack, just as like, a, is it there? Can I, t- what is this? Oh, you're just trying to touch yeah, it. Yeah, like just like mess with it. Uh, yeah, you uh, using your mage hand, it is sort of like, yeah, it's it's something that you can make contact with, even as you saw Fred sort of hitting it with a, uh, I was about to say knife, a long sword. You know, it's something that you can connect with and mage hand is able to connect with it on like a physical level. It's just something that, you know, could be shifty and shadowy. It, it's not a... Okay. It's not something that you can't touch. Technically, Mage Hand is an action, so that's my action. (laughs) Okay. I mean, hey, you guys are sleuths. Sometimes it's not attack first with you guys. But let's see. One of the shadows, because it's their turn now, is going to uh, sort of trudge forward and make an attack on Fred. Come at me, bro. I'll try. Um, Does a 13 hit your AC? Nope. Cool. All right. It's going to try and like lurch and like reach at you and it just sort of falls short. It's almost like its depth perception is off. Okay, can I play that like I threw my shoulder back that it went for and yeah, just like. Sure. Whoa. Absolutely. Whoa. So, you're, so you sort of like jump in reaction backwards from it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. And the second shadow also sort of does a similar maneuver towards Fred. Fred seems to be the most threatening thing in this room here. Oh, does a 19 hit? It does. Okay. Let's see. As, as someone who knows the, how shadows like work mechanically, I'm scared for you all. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's going to be um, 10 necrotic damage. Mm. Is that hell, uh, points that I can't get back then? <sighs> so does my modifier change? And if so, what is the modifier for an 11 strength? The modifier for an 11 should be... Plus one. Is that not plus zero? I, I, think, it's, it's I think it's zero. plus zero. Oh, is it? I, my con says 11 plus one. My, but my mine says 11. My wisdom is 11 plus zero. So Weird. All right. I think I'll, it's a I'll plus, go to zero. plus zero. Daphne's going to react to Fred getting hit and be like, Jaber's Fred, are you okay? And we are back up to the top with uh, Ms. Velma. Velma, So both of these uh, shadow monsters are sort of like attacking Fred. Yeah, that's their primary target right now. Okay, um, I'm going to uh, try to shoot one of these shadow monsters with my hand crossbow. Amazing. From from my vantage point on the table. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, That is a 15 plus 6, 21. Cool. Which one are you taking aim at? The one that Fred has hit or the one that has not been attacked yet? The one that Fred has hit, I think. Cool. Let's Because I would know that one is like vulnerable, his... theoretically. Yeah. It's taken some damage. Yeah. Okay. So. And um, that's a sneak attack as well. That is... Hang on. What does this do? That is going to be... I can count. 6, 10, 12, 15 damage total. 15 damage total. 46 plus 3. Yeah, it definitely it connects, uh, but it doesn't seem to just inflict as much pain as you normally would inf- expect it to. I love that for me mm-hmm. and also for Fred. <laughs> and I'm going to say jonkies. Jonkies. All right. Uh, is that the turn? Yes. I believe okay. so. Yeah. Just want to make sure there's no bonus actions on the table. No, I don't think I, I'm already like standing on this table. So. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Fred, it's your go. You've just been hit. Okay. So I'm going to cast Ensnaring Strike as a bonus action on the one I haven't hit. And then I'm going to use my actions to hit the one that we have been hitting. Sure. Uh, Can you describe Ensnaring Strike to me? Yes. One bonus action, range self, uh, verbal components. So I might be like a 
stay away from the girls. Because, uh, you know, his, his catchphrase is, hey, guys. Sure. <laughs> Next time you hit a creature with a weapon attack before the spell ends, a writhing mass of thorny vines appear at the point of impact, and the target must succeed on a strength saving throw or be restrained by the magical vines until the spell ends. Okay, so the next time you attack this, it'll be ensnared, or the next time it tries to attack? The next time it is attacked. Gotcha. So it's almost like a double attack then? I guess I should probably hit it then, instead yes. of the one I've been hitting. You can totally change that if you want. Am I, can I Can I change targets without... I'm not going to penalize you for that. That's fine. Great. Um, then I'm going to go on the one that I this is haven't hit yet. Yes. Understood. Uh, and then I'm going to... Oh, uh, while restrained by the spell, this target takes 1d6 piercing damage at the start of each of its turns. Um, and you can use a strength check to hit my spell D DC to get out. And now I'm going to roll for an attack with my longsword. Try to activate this. 17. That'll hit. Great. Uh, 1d8. Uh, I got 10 damage on that. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I need to that's your roll first, the hit again. That's if that's your okay. first attack. Yeah. Yeah. And that will only be... A 12. Tie goes to the roller, so we're going to go for you can hit it. Uh, and I'll roll again. Uh, and I rolled an 8 that time, so 8 plus 3 is 11. Did a bunch of damage, and Ensnaring Strike has Does activated. Ensnaring Strike deal 1d6 right away, or only on the beginning of its turn? Probably only on the beginning of its turn. We're going to have you roll that, since that's damage. Uh, that's a 5. And that's piercing damage, you said? Yes. Cool. All right, it's looking way weak. It's looking sad. It's looking pitiful. You've definitely given it plenty of damage right now. <laughs> Good. Good. And next Good. on our agenda here is Daphne. All right. So Daphne has regained her senses and is going to pull out her light crossbow and shoot at whichever one's closer. Uh, do you want to shoot the one that uh, they're both about the same distance from you, truly? Uh, do you want to hit the one that Fred has left looking like a pitiful, sad yeah, little shadow? Yeah, let's go or? with that one. All right. That'll be... Oh, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Six. What you Six. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to just smash straight into the stained glass uh, right behind the shadow and just sort of leave another crack in one of the windows. It unfortunately does not connect with <laughs> I'm gonna the I'm going to have to try shadows. a different D20. You just might. Sony dies jail, dies jail. All right. The healthy shadow is going to uh, rear up and it's going to make uh, sort of a reaching grab towards Daff this time. It's sort of feeling a bit frightened of Fred, I think, at this point. Uh, does a 19 hit? hit. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that's not a great sound, is it? Uh, that's going to be 11 damage. Ow. Owie zowie. That sounds painful. Uh, reduce your strength by three. By three? Mm -hmm. The total the total strength. Oh, score, not what's, the modifier. what's a nine? Negative one? Negative one. Yes. Yep. Love it. All right. Uh, so that is its turn. And next up, our second shadow is, um, you know what? I think because it's looking so pitiful, so weak, it's just scared and it's going to try and just sort of like see if it can flee the room maybe and just sort of make uh, a way towards the china cabinet. So it's trying to move away from you guys at this point. The unensnared one? Mm -hmm. I'm still by the okay. china cabinet, aren't I? I believe so. Actually, no, you're right. It is ensnared. Oh, it can't move. It can't move. Oh, so it, it takes, takes that damage. damage. It no. takes damage. Oh, it's so dumb. How much damage? You roll the damage. I, I rolled a five. Um, let me roll again. Wait, this they're is both the, that's another five. It's just going to commit suicide at this point. 
<laughs> oh my god <laughs> it just tries to run and kills itself <laughs> yeah this is the one that's very sad and pitiful that i was like oh it's gonna try and like escape it can't great right. it's, it's gonna die time it's- to visit your mother and it just okay how does that look uh ty since this is from your spell you want to describe how um, the shadow? so a bunch of thorny like uh, thorny plant mm-hmm. plant yeah vines. vines uh just wrap around the uh shadow mm-hmm. um and i assume that like they're just going to kind of like like a boa constrictor just start getting tighter and tighter um until the shadow poops, just out of existence puffs, puffs mm-hmm. away and that returns us back into uh velma's turn velma what you want to do bud same thing i'm gonna fire again at the the not dead shadow Fab. try to hit it with my hand crossbow one more Great. time because this is i don't have any magic or anything this is all i can do no you're fine uh 17 plus 6 23 that absolutely smacks um 19 total damage Oof. oh my that's upsetting <laughs> not actually Rogues, baby but sneak attack as long as there's somebody else within five feet of it wonderful mm-hmm. invention you have just vanquished this shadow. Please describe to me what this shadow's death looks like. Oh, I guess um, I, what I'm imagining is like shooting a crossbow bolt into a shadow, just like literally like obviously you can see it, but it's it's not opaque, I think. So the bolt just kind of like lodges in midair, sort of like the Kylo Ren force bolt from The Force Awakens. And I don't know, I'm imagining like a Nazgul type shriek as it evaporates. Amazing. And da 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 you guys have vanquished the two shadows that uh, pursued you in the tea room. I'm only Fabulous. down 17 hit points. I want to roll investigation. They so they, where, do we know where they came from? It was heading in the direction of the China cabinet, right? One of them was when it was trying to flee. Okay. That's where it so, seemed to start. I want to investigate forward. the China cabinet yeah, to sure, try to see it. if I can figure out where these things came from because I'm still not believing that this is a like entity. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, 14 plus 6, dirty 20. It's just filled with a bunch of gross. It looks like the plates have been like used, but like returned with like food particles and stuff on them. So there's like bugs and like gross things that are in there, but there doesn't seem to be any kind of like mechanism that was managing the shadows within the okay, China Okay, so cabinet. they just kind of came from nowhere, and from nowhere they returned. Correct. Okay. As far as um, as far as you can make out from here. Yeah, you see a little thing at the top corner of the screen that says Velma will remember that, <laughs> <laughs> and is this now a little bit spooked. Yeah, this, this place, as you were told by Creepsley, I believe, is like presumed to be haunted, which is why it's sort of a challenge to remain here. Um, Velma, did you lose any HP during that? Uh, just the original six. Um, okay, then I'm going to walk up to Daff and uh, put my hand on her shoulder and just be like, it's okay, uh, and give her five HP for lay on hands. Fab. Also, a um, mechanical question via that six real quick. Sorry. Um, I have a skill called Brave that says I had advantage on saving throws against being frightened. I know frightened is a mechanic, but like, it, would that have helped me? Because I missed that. Is that oh, a thing is, that would have qualified there for that? Like, this was specifically a wisdom saving throw. Um, and given that it's like, let me see. Yeah, yeah, we probably could have used that. So for for future saves, most of the time I'm trying to get you scared. Uh, just keep right. That in that's mind. what I was thinking. Is just like when a spooky thing enters the room and I can take damage. Like, yeah. Okay. We'll just need to keep that in mind for because yeah, the, the the fail wouldn't have given them the frightened condition though correct okay so i don't think it would have applied i just wasn't sure if that was the thing that actually made it into the game was like the frightened condition all right unless there's any kind of other like hp uh healing or any kind of like short rest things that we want to do i think we're gonna flop over to uh scott uh excuse me flop (laughs) on over shag and scoob and see what you guys are investigating uh in the meanwhile while all this is uh going down 
uh, I think we're looking for snacks. Yeah. For snacks. So you we guys. We totally missed that entire combat. We we're not even aware that it happened. You're doing your like fun, like lanky scoop we are, and yeah, chat oh, walk. Oh, yeah. Just. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, are we still following? Do. Are we still following? Um, Persephone? Yeah, they are sort of trying to find um, any kind of like eating or dining space. I mean, I'd like to follow my nose to the kitchen. Yeah, okay. kitchen or dining you're, you're, room. You're thinking kitchen primarily? Any kind of food? Yeah, wherever, wherever, whatever room that is closest to us that has food in it, whether that's kitchen or dining room. That's where I, that's what my thinking is. Sure. So you're going to follow uh, Scooby Sniffer uh, and it's going to lead you guys past uh, the Beauregard family members that are sort of like traipsing around down this hallway. You're going to head out of the sitting room and down a hall past a couple other rooms and into um, the next largest room on this floor. It seems to be set backwards. Um uh, in uh, the mansion, and this is the kitchen. <gasps> like, hey, Scoob, we found it. Wow, Waggy. <laughs> so you can see within the kitchen there are these two sort of massive wooden tables that take over uh, most of the space. Uh, it's large enough for like a team of servants to prepare any kind of grand meal. Uh, the eastern wall within this room is just chock full of cabinets, uh, most of which appear to be broken, worn down with age. There are also two sinks, uh, one on the northern and one on the southern wall. Uh, the sink on the southern wall uh, seems like it's rusted over, doesn't seem like it might work. Uh, but there are, <laughs> despite it being rusted over, there's a few little like slow drips like bloop, bloop. Hmm. That comes out. Uh, but, you know, honestly, the kitchen, from what you guys have seen through just sort of walking through the halls and sort of glancing in rooms, never f physically going into them, it seems fairly well kept for this very decrepit sort of place. It maybe seems like uh, Beauregard, uh, Aldrin Beauregard, had kept this up, uh, maybe with some help uh, to remain, you know, able to eat or prepare mm -hmm. some kind of a meal or something. Like, this guy understands priorities. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, there seems to be some silverware scattered about, some dinnerware, some kitchen tools that appear usable. Uh, there is, and this is what Scooby's sniffers seem to really uh, tick off on, uh, some old food that's sitting on one of the wooden tables uh, and some dried meats. The, these scraps of food seem to be uh, just enough to make a sandwich or two for any heroes that might be feeling a little snacky. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Scoob, how about we heroes make a hero sandwich? <laughs> just absolute yeah. stolen dialogue yeah <laughs> for sure um i would like yeah i for sure would like to just uh start getting all the supplies necessary is there a fridge in here that might have some extra foods there's stuff? probably like an ice chest or something yeah cool sure. we're i'm just gonna be rum rummaging through mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stuff to try and find any and all kind of uh, food, breads, meats, that sort of thing. Sure. Some of the lower cabinets. Yeah. Between the two of you, you guys are able to come up with probably one of the most creative sandwiches you guys have made to date. There is, you keep finding things that are old and rather than being like, oh, it's expired. You're like, no, it's aged. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you sort of keep telling yourselves mm. as you're assembling the sandwich on. Um, yeah. Just lots of uh, moldy cheeses like mm, oak aged cheddar. <laughs> so you guys have your two sandwiches uh, ready to go. You're just are you setting up shop just in the kitchen to eat then? I think so, and there's no reason to to walk on out. I mean, if we want seconds, we got more food here, I imagine. All right, and as you guys set to chow down and sort of start munching away, I need you guys to both make <laughs> some constitution saving throws. <laughs> Incredible! That's going to be an, 
a 19 for me. And that is a 21 for me. Wow. You know, Mm. for anyone else in the party, this probably would have given them just a serious tummy ache and a lot of regret for eating some old food. But you guys, you are connoisseurs. You are someone who definitely has eaten their fair share of unique uh, just food items. And so for you, this is just a walk in the park. This this expired food is as you've continued to emphasize. Yeah. It's aged. <laughs> and it is exquisite for you for some reason mm-hmm. when really anyone else present would find it quite repulsive. Just licking licking my fingers at that delicious meal. Your like tummy's like sticking out it's from like, under your shirt. I, we've eaten so much, but I'm like, boy, I can't go for <laughs> seconds, huh, Scoob? We do. Um Em, you had mentioned that when uh, all of the so, lights and everything, including the fire, went out, that a, a chill had come around the house. Is it cold in this room? I mean, it doesn't feel any warmer than anything else. There's no oven or anything running that would keep any kind of heat. It feels okay. I'm I'm seeing that there is a fireplace on the map, probably, and I'm wondering if it would be fun to maybe try to light that fire or just, uh, you know, get get my head poked in somewhere that it definitely doesn't belong. You know what? As you try and sort of make your way towards uh, the fireplace, you sort of notice a large puff of smoke come out from the fireplace. And uh, as smoke sort of begins to billow into the room, uh, you notice the ghost of Beauregard is here. Oh, no. It's present and cackling with glee as he raises a butcher knife and <gasps> throws it towards you. Oh, goodness. So I'm going to need to ma- have Scoob make a uh, wisdom oh, no. saving throw at this point. This is, this is less good. Oh no, Scoob. That's an eight. Great. So the knife uh, does not hit Scoob, but it smacks into the wall just next to his sort of like head. It smacks into the wall right next to your head. And you are shaking with fear. You are so certain that that knife was destined to hit you and he was trying to kill you in this instance that you do not want to remain in this space and you want to get Wait. out of there ASAP. Ghosts! <laughs> like zonks! And uh, yeah, we'll flee the room for sure. It looks like there's a room off to our if we're like facing kind of out back where we came it looks like there's a room kind of to our right mm-hmm. yeah there's area. like a door that it looks like we yeah, can go yeah it looks like there's through. a lot of stairwells yeah okay so you're trying the, to go to the little like stairway area yeah it looks like there's oh, a big you stairwell go up. kind of area yeah sure potentially uh, what where do you want to go that's the question you're the one who is scared you are so the one like, who's scared so you which might be direction the do you want to be running <laughs> i guess then the last thing that i would like to do is maybe like peer around the corner to like through the door we came through and see if I can still see the ghost like see if he's gonna follow us yeah you can absolutely do that uh and you sort of can peer around and there doesn't seem to be any ghost uh following the uh knife being thrown at you it seems to have vanished just as quickly as it's appeared Maggie the the ghost is gone (sighs) I'm getting the spooks just just being in here Scoob and that is where we're going to leave uh, Scoob and Shag. Uh, remainder of group, uh, team A or B. I don't, I don't know how we're <laughs> naming you guys right now. Yeah, um, gold dips, team. Dips. Gold team, silver team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, di- gold team and distant silver team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. So returning back to uh, Fred, Daff, and um, 
Velma, good Lord. Uh, what are you guys up to right now? What is your next move that you're wanting to make? So we have thoroughly tossed this room, right? Like there's not. Uh, let's see. Let me double check and see if there's anything that you. We literally destroyed the China cabinet. You've destroyed the China cabinet. There were some um, saggy chairs. There were some saggy chairs, and there was also a um, small low table covered in a few fragile doilies. I'm going to go pick up the doilies. Okay. And in doing so, you're going to see a second uh, piece of paper. And uh, let us... Uh, Scoob and Shag. Well, it's got departed anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to have you guys take your headphones off. And we're going to read another journal entry. Uh, so this journal entry that Velma uh, discovers says... One of the clerics saw the apparition today, so I am not mad. Somehow, I find no relief in that, having been unable to find restful sleep for three days. I brought the clerics back. I see how they roll their eyes, but they take my coin well enough. As they did their inspections, the apparition appeared, flickering and floating. It commanded me again to leave. The clerics, stunned, nevertheless attempted their duty. I observed them cast their spells, eyes aglow with divinity, to no effect. The apparition rushed me, passing through me like nothing. My heart beats fast at the mere memory of it. Uh, I thought I would die for certain. The clerics, impotent before their gods, told me that there was nothing there, despite the evidence of our eyes. How can I continue? So he said the clerics also saw the ghosts? The clerics did see the ghosts, according okay. to his journal entry, yes. Okay. Uh, but it seemed like prior to that, they'd been sort of uh, skeptical. Of like they claims. had not seen it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. And that is the note. Is there anything to be gleaned from like differences between them? It's the same like, handwriting, it seems like. Uh, okay. It seems to be similar paper, so it's conceivably from a journal of some sort. I guess it's cool. time we move to another room. Yep. All right. So you guys, uh, gold team, makes their way over there, and you guys can see. Da, 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 da. So as you guys are making your way uh, to what will be the library, you're going to run into Persephone, who is just in a flutter. She looks like she's been like maybe like bumping into some of the gross uh, walls or like running her hands along dusty surfaces. So her clothes, which when you first met her seemed quite immaculate, seemed to be a bit smudgy, a bit dirty right now as she's been trying to be a little frantic about, you know, finding some kind of safe haven away from spooks and scares that she seems to be running into. And she's like, oh my goodness, y'all are still here? Uh, Daphne's gonna say, dear, you look a fright. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. This is a family matter. Uh, I know this family. I know I can f figure it out. And I'm just going to uh, head this way. Y'all stay safe. And she just keeps going. Uh, uh, but <laughs> wait, where where is the rest of your family? And she's like, I don't know. She, started, she just keeps walking. Her hands are like above her head. She's like, I don't know. Those fools can handle themselves. <laughs> <laughs> she just seems frustrated, fluttered. And she just makes her way uh, away from you guys. This is Ethan talking, not Velma. I'm laying $5 on the table right now. One of them is already dead. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and now the team is moving into what I've described just in name alone uh, as the library. So you guys can sort of, as you enter into this front-facing room, can see, you know, at one point this probably was a well-respected library. You know, there's clearly were floor-to-ceiling shelves, some comfortable seating areas, uh, and some large windows. But sadly today, the shelves are broken. There are a few small piles of books that are sort of remaining. Uh, the windows, again, like all the all of the windows you've seen seem to be shattered. And a lot... Can I look for the... A lot oh, of the, sorry. 
No, I'll let you finish. Uh, a lot of the windows, uh, excuse me, a lot of the shelves and books uh, seem to have collected moisture, strangely, over the years, maybe from some of the broken windows. Uh, and they seem to be rotting and molding at this point. Uh, there is another uh, portrait of Aldrin that hangs on one of the walls here, sort of northern from you guys. And in the portrait, he is somewhat older and uh, in contrast to sort of the smiling winemaker that you saw in um, the sitting room, this portrait seems to depict him in a more sinister manner. He has piercing eyes that almost seem to follow you. You already know what it is. I'm ripping that portrait off the wall. <laughs> You're ripping it off the wall? No, I'm not going to rip Herculean it off the wall. I'm going to go Herculean strength, Velma. I'm going to go. Jeez Louise. Gently. So, uh, Ty, you had, had a question. What's up? Yeah, I wanted to look for, I'm trying to think of how to word this, like the least messed up book, like the driest, least dusty, mm, the most mm, pristine This is straight book. from Monsters. This is straight from Monsters on the most Leash. Pristine. Oh, fun. So you're going to do some investigation through mm -hmm. some of the piles to see if you can find like a That was 100% my plan as well until you said portrait. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Great. So yeah, so start, uh, give me an investigation role uh, with the focus on sort of just finding some books, finding, finding some kind of readable material That's here advantage on that too uh, if you if yeah would you uh, be the one who's um i don't have proficiency and i have a negative one to so intelligence Velma would so be the one searching for this then if you're proficient i'm proficient yeah uh, Ethan, did you do extremely good or extremely bad oh as bad as could be as bad oh. as possibly be and that one that's a one on the books which sucks <laughs> I'm trying to recall, what is your um, eyeglass bespectacle situation when you roll in that one? Is that with an attack or is that just in general? Oh, advantage on any investigation checks. So yeah, you should be able oh to roll goodness. again. Look at mm. that. But I haven't needed to roll again yet. Let's roll, let's roll again, but then in a second, I want to double back and check the rules for your glasses just so I'm aware in the future. Uh, yeah, so everything else is related to combat. Okay, good. That's what I thought. I just yep. want to make sure I didn't need to make you like trip and fall and lose your glasses. No, uh, that's only in combat. Gotcha, gotcha, Which I think gotcha. is bold because I have to, so I have to roll, um, if I get hit by an attack, I have to roll a one and then my glasses fall off, which I that's feel is right. like way too hard. That's but, right. Uh, it's an 18 plus six. <laughs> an 18 plus six. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you, as you sort of are scouring among books, trying to see if there's anything that might be intact, you're going to find another uh, scattered piece of paper. I feel like I'm in an escape room. Like... It's a bit like an escape room at this point. Uh, like a virtual escape room. I've only ever done an escape room like once or twice. And it... I've never done one. I want to do one so bad. I, I feel like I'd be either. so good at it. I think we should, as a team, do an escape room whenever it is safe. Because I think it'll literally make us better D&D players. All right. So the journal entry that Velma uh, uncovers reads... Can it be true? In the span of w but one night, my nightmare seems to be over. Just as I was giving up hope on my life's work, an odd green wagon broke down outside my vineyard. A group of young adults, children really, approached my home, bold as anyone, and asked for aid. I warned them to stay away from the specters, and to my surprise, they showed no fear, nay, they were ghost fighters. At my wit's end, I permitted them to go about their work, and by the morning, they had done it. There was no apparitions. It was all the work of Ernest, that scoundrel who runs the vineyard up the way. He wanted to scare me away with stories of demons that he may buy up my land. He used some ingenious contraptions of mirrors and lights that caused an image of a specter without one really being there. He'd almost gotten away with it, too, if not for those meddling 
young heroes. And that is the journal entry that you guys find. So this is about mm-hmm. us. So this is, this are is we great. to assume that these are in sequence? Currently they are. Uh, in okay. theory, you can find them out of order. But so far you've encountered them. I'll, I'll just tell you straight up as DM. You've found them in one, two, three order right now. So, so talented. Very good job. I was worried that you might find them out of order and be like, oh no. But it. it well, so it, we're basically at square zero. Like. You were caught up currently, so you've yeah, not okay. encountered anything that Aldrin has done without you present. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So Daphne would just like to do sort of a general investigation check because she's wandering around the room looking at things as Velma's mm-hmm. specifically investigating and Fred is going through books. Sure, that's fine. Is there something that you want to specifically target while you're investigating? Um, just I'm just like looking for anything that's a sort of out of place or odd. Like if everything else is trashed, something that looks out of place yeah sure give me an investigation check that will be a 17 17 there's something off about the uh portrait it keeps like i described earlier it seems to have its eyes wander about the room it doesn't matter what area you're at it seems to be watching you and it is unsettling and it's not cool it's real crazy um since i'm the tallest Mm -hmm. person can I go to the wall and take it off? You want to take it off? Yeah. Just like lift it gently. All right. Uh, you know, as you start to lean towards the painting, to not even before you touch it, uh, you sort of jolt backwards because the painting begins to blink at you and its eyes lock with yours and a cruel grin crawls across its face. Its mouth opens, revealing wickedly sharp teeth. And suddenly the painting lunges forward, biting you with an elongated jaw. Oh, oh this is terrifying. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it does a 15 uh, hit your AC. Just hits. Okay. Are we rolling initiative? <laughs> Not at this time. Uh, that, it's going to be um, do, 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 uh, six piercing damage. Okay. So you, I'm going to also need you to make a wisdom saving throw following this. 17. 17? Okay. You're fine right now. Daphne would like to shoot yeah. the oh. painting with a crossbow. You want to shoot the painting with a crossbow? Go for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you were bitten by this painting and you're just like, ah, that's fine. Uh, so it's the roll plus strength, right? 13. Uh, yeah. You hit the painting and it sort of just swings on the wall following your hit. Just had it. Mm. I need to do maths. Need to do maths? I'm down 22 points right now What's your total? What's your max? 39. Oh my goodness. Might need to do a short. So like, I'm... Suddenly. Jordan, what's the math budget? Can you just give me, can you like... 39 minus 22? Am I at 7? No, 17. No, you're at 17. It's oh, not great. Um, <laughs> suddenly, the distant silver team isn't looking too bad. No, you guys have certainly taken a whomping. Are you ever um, going to rejoin us, silver team? <laughs> great question. And we don't know that we need and to. So, you know, as you guys sort of settle down and are trying to sort of catch your breaths following this pretty scary encounter, uh, as you start to look around the library, uh, something 
feels even more off than it already was. Uh, and out of the corner of your eye, Velma, you spot, uh, you know, movement. The books that you had just been sort of toppling over and turning over uh, to sort of investigate begin to levitate. So they start slowly at first, but then whip around the center of the room at a high speed and a distant, unseen voice yells, get out before all of the books slam back down in a heap uh, near the broken old shelves. So um, I'm going to need all of you guys to make, again, another wisdom saving throw following this encounter. <laughs> be a case where I would I would use my bravery. Okay, that's uh, a dirty 20. Seven. <laughs> Eleven. Uh, I'm going to need everyone but Velma to flee the room in fright. Can do, Cap. And Velma, is there anything that you, as you remain uh, so brave, so defiant to this, uh, that you want to do in the room? Okay, so there's, sorry, what what was it that scared us? I, I, I missed that. The books uh, began to levitate, whipped around in sort of almost like a cyclone-style maneuver, and then just collapsed as a, a disembodied voice urged you to get out. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, is there, does it look like there's anything stirred up? from the books like is there anything different nothing appears to be different they just sort of flopped back into a heap as you had sort of found them when you first came in nothing seems open i would like to mm -hmm. request that as we're running out of the room we're doing that thing where we're running in place <laughs> for a couple seconds and you can see our legs going in yes. circles uh but like we're not moving yet and yeah. then we, like, you're gassing can up we, can we get that bongo sound effect in that the yeah i got you um, so I'm going to, uh, there's not like a fireplace or a mantle or anything like, obviously the painting bites people. I'm not going near that, but is there's not like a, any kind of trap door area in this. You know, not that you're aware of. No, the books again have fallen back into roughly the same piles they were in previously, but you can certainly uh, reinvestigate these books and sort of see what might've caused them to do that. That might be something you can do. Okay. I'm going to do that. Sure, cool. So give me an investigation roll for the uh, books. We're just looking at the piles um, as a whole. Investigation that is a 17 total. Cool. You start to make out, and this is something that had been overlooked as you had been mostly focusing on the moldy books that were like attached to the floor. These books that seem a bit more intact, less deteriorated, that flew around the room all seem to have, uh, you know, strings attached to them. Uh, obviously someone has rigged these to move and float. Uh, these sort of almost like a thin fishing wire was attached to these piles of books uh, that you hadn't read it through previously. So that, it seems to be a uh, man-made uh, spook and scare that has frightened your compatriots. So I'm going to, I'm going to call after them and just say like, guys, it's just a, it's just a mechanism. It wasn't a ghost. And that is where we're at uh, from the library. Uh, Scoob and Shag, where are you guys at? You guys had been in the dining room. Yeah, I, well, there's not much we can do in the dining room, I feel. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like now that I'm calmed down, my inclination would be to find the rest of the group and let them know that we had yeah, seen a so, ghost. So they're, they're in the library. Yes, they're in the library and we're in the dining room and those are connected very closely by a hallway. When the two who were frightened ran out, did they run into that hallway that's right outside the dining room? I would assume so. There's no other way that they could run out of there. Okay. Then I think we're going to probably stumble out of the dining room yes, and into them. Yes, if they're running them. and screaming in the hallway right outside the dining room, we're going to go check on to see what's happening with them for sure. Great, fabulous. 
And I would say this is a good opportunity for you guys to catch up and uh, fill each other in on what's been going on. I would agree. All right. So we collide in this hallway. I'm going to say I collect. Fred was one of the people that ran out there. I'm going to collide with Fred. Bing. And I'll collide with Daphne. Oh, Scoob. Why are you all running? Momo, I'm The ghost of Beauregard. He was throwing knives at Scooby. Did he he bite you? You're telling me a portrait of Beauregard bit me. Like, I don't don't like the vibe of this place at all. Where's Velma? And so we'll double back to Velma, still in the library. I'm going to pick up one of these books and Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw it at the portrait. Cool. I don't know if that like is that a, like a ranged attack. I don't know what I'm, I'm doing here. It's like I want to see attack. what happens if like an inanimate object flies toward this portrait. Sure. I mean, it's already been hit by a crossbow bolt from Daff, I believe. Right, but it, it has it has yet to it, it, it like settled back in. So I'm trying to see if I can figure out how it was triggered or if sure, it. Sure. Sure. Because again, I'm I'm trying to disprove that it is actually like a ghost. Right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. As you're the book, I'm not even going to make you make an attack. You can just do this. You're reasonably strong. Uh, makes a connection uh, to it. Um, the painting sort of swings to the side, and you can sort of see. Uh, that there was a panel behind it uh, with Aldrin's eyes sort of remaining on the wall there. So it seemed like there was some sort of like uh, optical illusion going on to make the painting's eyes follow you. But no clue as to how it was doing the biting? No. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to I'm gonna walk back out into the, I guess, the hallway where everybody's sort of like piled up in a in a <laughs> Having a meltdown. Pile. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Um, We're crying and shitting ourselves. Yeah, we sure are. Uh, I don't think Scoob and I found, like, any clues. So we're just, like, we're we're just, like, we're full of delicious food. You can smell it on our breaths, how rotten and gross it is. Uh, But for the most part, we have come up totally empty-handed. I'm also going to mention the the big scary knife that he threw at me, hoping that maybe somebody else will have the courage to go investigate it, since I obviously did not. Velma's going to walk out of the room just like holding a random book and the three pieces of paper and just say, I think I can explain a few things. 